This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Seal and I'm joined today by Isabel Hardman and Fraser Nelson. Uh, the subject that's gripping all of Westminster is, once again, the Northern Ireland Protocol. Isabel, tell us where we're at at the moment. So it dominated Prime Minister's questions uh, this week, as you'd expect, and Keir Starmer had his six questions on it, but the most important question of the session came from Geoffrey Donaldson, the DUP leader, uh, who also addressed the European Research Group, ERG, uh, of MPs last night. And he asked the Prime Minister for certain assurances, particularly on the democratic deficit. So he said that he uh, he asked the Prime Minister to accept that it would be a scandal if Northern Ireland remained subject to EU laws that it couldn't amend. And Rishi Sunak praised Donaldson to the hilt and talked about the democratic deficit, which is something that Conservative MPs who he's been having meetings with over the past 48 hours have been raising to him as something that he really needs to make a priority in the negotiations that that are ongoing. Uh, The other really important thing that came out of this session was the Prime Minister saying that there is going to be some kind of uh, vote in the Commons on the matter. The government doesn't have to put this to a vote once there's an agreement, if there's an agreement. But this is something that Keir Starmer has been demanding. It's something that backbenchers and the Conservative Party have been demanding. And so he said, of course, the Commons will uh, express its view when he was asked about it today. Now, talking to lots of members of the ERG who were at the meeting last night with Geoffrey Donaldson and, and who've also been in for meetings with Rishi Sunak, they've been very clear that they think he's in a really dangerous position. He doesn't realise quite how dangerous things are, uh, particularly if he doesn't get the backing of the DUP on an agreement that he reaches. And also in the way that he's approaching his discussions with Tory backbenchers. So you had Jacob Rees-Mogg yesterday saying that uh, the Prime Minister should have brought the DUP and ERG on side earlier Now that he is doing more of that, Conservative MPs are saying that he seems very impatient with them in these meetings. And that basically, one who I was talking to earlier said, you know, this is typical Rishi. If someone gets in his way of how he wants to do things, he gets annoyed. And I think the lesson that all Conservative Prime Ministers should, if they haven't learned, is that a way to inflate a rebellion is to insult the intelligence of Tory MPs and to seem impatient with them. They are a very sensitive bunch. <laughs> and we've seen a bit of that tetchiness perhaps in some of the press conferences Rishi Sunak has, has done previously. Yeah, the whole people are not idiots. And, yeah. and actually the way he talked to Liz Truss in general during the leadership campaign, he he can have a sort of intellectual impatience with people, I think. And Fraser, of course, the danger here is that it's not about just Northern Ireland and the protocol. The danger is that these kind of rebellions will spill over into other areas and tell us about wider tensions within the Tory tribe. Yeah, I think that those who don't like him in general are using this as a stick to beat him with. And we're not, and we have to. It's very easy to forget that if you're Rishi Sunak, you're looking at these warring tribes of Tories. You've magically managed to sort of get to unite behind you, but he thinks at any moment this truce could be shattered and they could be at each other's throats and at his throat. So he is being. He he always thinks that basically this 
this balance he's got could could go at any second. We've already had um, talks of people resigning from the cabinet if they don't like this. Perhaps Suella Braverman. We know the 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 deal which he's got, for example, has been seen by James Cleverly, the foreign secretary, but it hasn't been seen by Steve Baker. Uh, now, word is there is that Steve Baker wouldn't like it, and he'd probably resign if he did. So we are uh, there is talk of resignations. Perhaps you might even say how many resignations rather than whether. There'll be resignations. Uh, but of course, the ultimate test, though, I've always thought, is um, I call it the James Forsyth test. Now, when he was... Where's he now? But, but, but before, <laughs> he, he, before he walked over the park in number 10, he would make a very good point that there wasn't a single unionist elected to Stormont who backed for Northern Ireland Protocol, and therefore it was democratically unstable. The principles of a Good Friday Agreement are that nationalist and the unionist communities need to both buy into something. So if you've got a protocol, a Brexit deal, that the nationalists like but the unionists to a man do not accept, then it's not democratically sustainable and they've also got a referendum in a few years, etc. We're going to vote on it. So if I were um, James Forsyth now, over being Rishi Sunak's stress ball over there in Downing Street, then he would be saying, look... What you need to do, Prime Minister, is make sure that the unionists buy into it. This was test because if they don't buy into it, then it's not sustainable. Uh, so, so that's why when, I, when we eventually find out this mysterious deal, it's amazing how much talk there's been about a deal that nobody knows the detail of yet. What, uh, to me, the test would be what the unionist community, if they can bring themselves to back it. Mm. You talk about uh, unionists backing it, um, Isabel. I mean, Fraser mentions the name of Steve Baker there, a one-time ERG Brexit Spartan. The other name doing the rounds is Sola Braverman. Mm. Um, how likely do you think are we to see these resignations from government? Well, I think that the line from those around the Home Secretary, she's not presently minded to resign, which is exactly what you'd want if you were Prime Minister to hear from your Home Secretary, that they're not currently planning to resign. <laughs> She's obviously working with him on um, this legislation to purportedly stop the boats uh, crossing the channel with illegal immigrants on them. And Sunak was asked about this twice at Prime Minister's Questions today. And this is a piece of legislation that he hopes will unite the party. But it's not going to be enough to keep Suella Braverman on sides, not least because I think the hold-up at the moment in this legislation is that it's sitting on the Prime Minister's desk rather than the Home Secretary is somehow interested in other things and just watching telly and hasn't written it. So his unity legislation that he's been working on isn't going to be enough. So yes, she is one of the one of the names who, if you talk to backbenchers, they're saying, you know, we, we've got people in government who are sort of keeping their powder dry, although I, I feel as though her intervention on Monday meant that her powder is probably, she's used a bit of it already. I mean, Fraser, I mean, I wrote an article today about um, corporation tax and some of the concerns that have been flagged in, in the party among that. There was a letter signed this week from 150 or so, in, uh, groups represented by, representing 150 or so MPs. One of them, to take an example, would be Mark Francois, who raised concerns about corporation tax. Uh, he's obviously involved with the ERG, but they were raising concerns about corporation tax ahead of the budget, and that's the real big event here, threatening to overshadow all of this. Given all the kind of tensions that we're talking about with the protocol, how likely would we see some of that manifest itself around the, um, before the budget next month? 
well, there are so many potential IEDs in front of Rishi Sunak that he could step on if he's not careful. The the Brexit deal is one of them. Then you've got next month's budget. Uh, we all know that budget is going to be pretty bad news if you're a low-tax Tory, if it's going to be ra- raising taxes to the highest level in peacetime history. Then you've got the May elections, expected to be a shellacking for um, the Tories. Although, because they were under versus Theresa May four years ago, maybe not quite as bad as people think. But there are so many um, tension points here that Rishi Sunak has to sail through. But as Katie Bowles has argued in her political column, perhaps the Brexit deal is the most dangerous of these points, simply because it's such a difficult problem to solve. It's very difficult. To know. I think the, the EU is... Um, I think th- they're saying that the ECJ would only be invoked at the behest of some authority in Northern Ireland. The big test will be how much friction can be reduced by between the borders. And if Sunak does manage to get a serious breakthrough on that, then I think he might pull this off. So it's very difficult to comment, given how little we still know. And Isabel Sturpian accused Keir Starmer was keen to play the role of the statesman and suggest that he could, Rishi Sunak could have Labour votes should he need it to get a deal through Commons if it comes to a vote. He suggested that before. How likely is it that the Prime Minister is willing to have that as a strategy and how keen will he be to kind of perhaps serve this as a Tory solution or a sort of government of all the party solution to the Northern Ireland Protocol? And also how how keen must Keir Starmer must be to have a deal prior to presumably coming into power next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Keir Starmer is, is playing the elder statesman, but obviously using this to make a number of political points that the Prime Minister can't necessarily rely on his own party for these votes which is why Rishi Sunak doesn't want to do that because Conservative backbenchers have already said to him it it is not right for you to rely on Labour um, to get this through. He also likes to be able to say things like putting country before party because that is something that Labour hasn't done uh, very much of in in, in recent years Um, and he now wants to say that that's what Labour does and the Conservatives don't because Rishi Sunak is weak. So it, it plays into lots of political narratives for Keir Starmer which is why even without an agreement, he decided to, to, to spend six questions asking about it. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you, Fraser. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots. And James, happy birthday. 28 today. God help us. Oh, thank happy you. Happy birthday! <laughs>